And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgan's founder of Marknology here as today's host of Startup Hustle, covering all things e-com, Amazon, marketplaces, Walmart, Chewy. Today we're talking Amazon ads and the title is called Cracking the Code. I want to dig into just kind of what the state of the union is for ads right now on Amazon, um, what the best of the best are doing, um, how we're navigating, you know, the downturn in the economy. Uh, paid media is a big part of, of being profitable as a brand. So I want to just really jump into, um, you know, Amazon ads. I've got a I've got an absolute expert and pro here with me today. Before I make an intro, today's episode of Startup Puzzle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. Full scale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has a platform to help you manage that team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. Lear and Hirschkorn, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, amazing to see you here. Uh, we were together last night as well, so we often see each other out around uh, Amazon events. So uh, it's good to... Last time we were together, I think it was... Las Vegas at like two o'clock in the morning with a few other guys just uh, hanging out and talking. Having some real talk. Yeah. yeah. Having uh, some real talk. So uh, yeah, uh, great to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. Yeah. I love, um, I love the podcast for the very, uh, for the very reason of just being able to bring on um, other pros, other experts, even competitors in some ways I see of us more as colleagues or allies in a lot of ways, you know, um, us against the big giants, you know, whenever you're trying to build something and, um, the podcast is just a great way to, to, to bring, um, to bring those conversations together where it's not a salesy convo. It's nothing like that. So, yeah, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank um, you. You know, I'll say something about, you know, competition, you know, like there's you and I collectively have, you know, 0.00001% of, uh, the market, right. Even if we each have, you know, hundreds of clients, um, or less, there's thousands and thousands of great brands to work with. Um, and, uh, you know, the good thing is that there's, um, I think, a lack of great agencies. So the ones that do well, you know, the ones that are good have, you know, unlimited potential. And, uh, you know, I don't see, I don't really see competition. Everyone has their differentiation of how they might do things a little bit differently. You're talking to me about, you know, TikTok shops before and doing some things there we don't do that right like everyone has a different focus and you know there's so much uh so much growth with amazon advertising uh that um you know it's a it's a great opportunity and also for brands their return on ad spend on amazon despite cost per click going up and all these things is for the most part still superior to what they're able to do outside of those channels. So it's, um, and Amazon is innovating so much. We can, we can kind of talk more about that with what they're innovating with, but, um, yeah, you know, I don't think you, I think you have to compete with yourself, you know, try to try to get a better version of yourself every year in the business. Um, and that's kind of the greatest benchmark. I couldn't agree more. And, um, you know, I, I pat myself on the back and I'm patting you on the back now in regards to just like, you know, we, we were in e-commerce, we're in Amazon during a pandemic and after, uh, but also continuing to run a business in a, an economic downturn. You know, um, I know this year has been difficult for a lot of brands. And as an agency, you know, we feel that because we're, we've got our fingers, you know, uh, running a lot of different brands. So, you know, what used to be easy is getting harder. I think the best sell in those times, which is, you know, I, I like to think that we're among them. Um but it hasn't been, an, it's been a harder year, you know? Uh, and so from that, you know, I just love, uh, I think it's like, you know, when you think about getting old, you're like, I don't want to get old. Uh, and you like regret it and you're like, ah, I'm still 26, you know, instead of 36. And you're just like, you know, you're holding on to old things, but I think I've changed my mindset a little bit and, uh, and more like you, grateful for another year. Yeah. 
grateful for another year. What, uh, yeah. What have you changed in, in terms of your, your mindset? I think it's just the perspective of looking at age, uh, as, a, as a blessing and, and seeing it as like grateful to have another year, um, instead of just like, oh man, regretting getting older. Right. I think, uh, a lot, a lot of good things come with age. We focus on the physical things or the shallow things, you know, um, how, but how I want to change my perspective. How, how 36. Okay. 36. I'm 36. Okay. I'm 42. So, you know, it's, so. it's right at that age where just like things start hurting more, <laughs> you know, and you just don't have as much. My mind is still young and some days I, I've got more energy than ever, but, um, you know, you just got a lot more stuff, uh, you know, under your feet, so to speak. You've been through yeah. more stuff. You've taken more scars. You've like, you and, know, and look, you know what too? Um, I'm 42. Um, and uh, I was just having this conversation with my wife the other night. And I was like, you know what the nice thing about being 42 is I feel like I'm a lot, a lot less impulsive, you know, like certain character traits that you have in your 20s that are, you don't even think about it. You don't even realize you're impulsive, you know, but as you get older, um, I don't know, at least for me, it's been easier to like, slowed down not slowed down in terms of like my desire to grow and succeed and crush it but slow down in terms of like okay wait a second let me think a minute before i do this or you know like kind of being less you know reactive impulsive like you know i'll tell you i'll tell, you a, quick, I'll tell you a quick story please uh, do yesterday uh get a i get a message in our slack channel and it's um and it's uh, Quartal emailing some members on our team. Um, and it's saying, like, here's why, you know, agencies like Incremental Digital are switching to Quartal. Okay. So we don't use Quartal. So the, they, they share this in our Slack. And then my team messages me separately, like, hey, Liran, are you aware of this? Like, Quartal is using your name, you know, using your name when we, you don't use them in their marketing, you know? And I think in the past, I would have been like, what the fuck? You know, like, let me go post publicly about it and slam them and say, Quartel, what the hell are you doing? And I, I, I left it alone at the moment. I, I didn't do anything. I was at this event last night and stuff, you know, and I said, okay, I'll reach out to their, I'll, I'll email our team later on, you know, and ask them about why they're using our name. And then I was thinking again, I'm like, I should probably post publicly about this because if people are getting something that says, hey, Incremental Digital is moving to Quartal. It could be our customers. I want to let them know they're not. So I posted it. And then within one minute, and then I didn't post. I just posted like, hey, Quartal may have made a mistake here. Um, but if you're one of our customers and you see you got this email, we're, we're now making a move to Quartal. Because maybe our customers don't like Quartal and would want to leave for starting to use Quartal whatever. But after a minute, I realized what actually happened. I deleted it right away. And what I realized happened is they're emailing our internal team only. In they found incremental digital emails and they're saying agencies like incremental digital are switching to Quartal. They're not marketing this to outside. They're trying to market to us why we should move to Quartal. And I was able to delete it right away. And because I took a little bit slower, I was actually able to figure out they weren't, even though it sounded the word intention, the intention wasn't the intention. So the, yeah. the intention isn't to say incremental digital is moving. It's Agencies similar to Incrementum Digital are using Quartal and they're sending it to our team because they probably found a bunch of names and emails through LinkedIn and stuff. And they're just sending it to a bunch of random people on our team to, to get to us. And how, what an embarrassment it would have been if I blast Quartal and I, I showed it, I had a screenshot of the email, you know, if I blast Quartal and I say, why you guys use our name marketing other people? And they would have been like, you dummy, this only went to your team. And it, what it says is why agencies like Incrementum Digital are moving similar to Incrementum Digital, not Incrementum Digital, you stupid dummy. And I would be so embarrassed. But because I took a little bit of a pause around it, you know, uh, and not immediately have this like reactive, like what the hell attitude with it. Um, and, and actually, when I first got it, I was like, well, if they are doing that and saying, Incremental digital is using Quartal and using it as a marketing tool. Well, that's also a huge compliment. <laughs> you know, you're also getting your name out there in front of getting, a lot of people. Getting your name out there and it's a huge compliment kind of thing. But like that's kind of what I see is getting older. It's um, wisdom kind of and patience a little bit. You know? Yeah, exactly. So it has its advantages. Um, 
certainly, yes. Uh, you know, I didn't go to the chiropractor when I was in my twenties, you know, now I need to sometimes. Right. So I feel you on like sometimes the, you know, aches and pains, but, um, overall, I think it's a good place to be, you know, I think in your thirties and forties, you start to get kind of clarity on a little bit more about what's important to you uh, in life. And I think twenties is kind of just a lot of figure trying to figure it out. Um, but the good thing is, is somebody's listening to us in their twenties, you know, I hear Gary V saying this all the time, you know, all the time, like you have a lot of time, uh, to figure things out. It's not too late. Yeah. Five and haven't figured out your life yet or money or relationship or whatever. Like, you know, you have time. This is, this is your time to kind of explore and figure it out and try lots of different things before you have a mortgage and a family and, you know, all these other things. So, you know, advantages and disadvantages, I couldn't go out, you know, today and say, Hey, uh, tomorrow I'm moving to LA cause I wanted to start this venture or whatever. Cause you know, I have a family and you know, there's responsibility. So pros and cons to, you know, being younger, being, uh, more middle-aged, let's say. Yeah. And I think, uh, just to add on to that is like, at least in the last five years for me, I've lost a lot of more, a lot more people than I had, you know, uh, at a younger age. And so you're seeing just kind of some of the, um, you know, you're feeling grateful for, for each year and grateful for the time you get with, with, uh, your loved ones and your friends and, and the opportunity to do what we do. I love what I do. Uh, it has its down days and it's stressful. Entrepreneurship is hard. I like hard stuff. So right. it's, um, you know, and I think it's just, uh, I'm trying to remap my brain, I guess, instead of like the, the world and society saying like old age is like a bad thing. And instead kind of just try to wire it to say, Hey, like I, I'm grateful. You know? our, our culture, you know, you know, puts more emphasis on young, but certain other cultures, right? Like the, the Japanese and, and stuff, right? Like they have a lot more reverence, you know, for older people. Um, but I totally agree. And I think actually for anybody listening to this, if you get one thing out of it, it's like, I think you know, talking relating to PPC and, and Amazon, if your current feeling is, I will be happy when I hit a million dollars or $5 million or $20 million, whatever it is, your next milestone, like you'll never be happy. Because, uh, you know, when you get to that point, you want more, and that's fine to want more, it's fine to grow. But you have to sort of live in this paradox of two states constantly, like at the same time, I'm super happy with where I am. And at the same time, I also want to go much, I want to, I want to grow much more. Uh, and you have to live in both those states. And I think until you do, um, you know, you're not going to sort of maximize to be able to, you know, get what you want in life or in any area, because you kind of have to be first in the state of mind of like being grateful for what you have. And I think a lot of us listening to this, if we look back at like where you were in life five years ago, we'll probably be amazed that, you know um progress at, at the progress you made but you know sometimes you have to zoom out in order to be able to uh to see that i know that i personally uh, i'm not a greedy person I, i'm ambitious and competitive but uh there's not really like a, a certain amount of money you know that i that i'm chasing i i definitely had goals and and just being transparent to our audience like um you know i got the jeep i wanted i got my mom in a house i paid off my debts Grow, grew the team to a certain level, like was was doing the thing that in some ways was out, out of my reach when I started, right. like impossible. And um, I'm not someone that just needs more money. You know, I just don't even like that want, sure, but it's not a motivator. It doesn't make me get up out of bed excited to answer client emails, right? Like it doesn't or, or go tackle some sales calls or make content. Um, it's there. That's my job. But I, I have like crazy motivation and ambition when I actually like want something like when I'm go- like focused, uh, I feel like I'm I'm unstoppable. But if it's not there, then man, this stuff is really hard to, to motivate yourself. Right. Really? And so I had like accomplished some of those things. I remember I took a solo trip to New York. I was like just trying to like get my mind right about some things. And I was looking for some answers, you know, kind of like on a journey. And uh you know, I, I honestly was the most lost when I had accomplished that goal that I had set. Like, let's say you're trying to get your business to a million dollars. I accomplished the goal and I'm sitting there with the things and I'm like, mm, now what? 
Like if, if it's just to go from one to 5 million or 5 right. million, it was just like not, if I'm being honest with myself, it was not motivating to me. I, I, I live like I was raised as a missionary kid. Uh, I'm, we call it minimalistic now or whatever, right. but it's just, I'm not very materialistic. I just, you know, fish and pull a Jeep, my dog, my friends, I'm, I'm a hat and my bills paid and my mom taken care of. Like I'm a happy person. I'm a very happy person. You know, so uh, for me, it really is. But you know what I do enjoy when I had to refocus on is like, I enjoy what this journey has done for me personally, as a man, as a person, as a son, you know, it's, um, it's forced me to communicate better. It's forced me to be more patient. It's forced me to, um, you know, be less headstrong uh, and, you know, aggregarious and uh, is forced me to like, well, it's helped me create jobs for other people and, uh, you know, change people's lives it's helped. It's allowed me to like help businesses, fix them, grow them, scale them. Um, I think we do good work. Like some people don't, can't say that about their jobs. Like I think, you know, we help people. Um, and so those are the things that actually make me get up out of bed and, uh, you know, bringing the best version of Andrew forward is like, I'm like, I'm thankful for this, for entrepreneurship, the journey, the process, because I feel like as, at least as a man, like I just get better and better and better. Um, I'm working on these things and it's a reason to do it. Like if I didn't have the goals, I'm not sure I would work as hard on all of these things, you know? So for me, it was like a a recentering that really had to happen. And it just kind of hit me like a truck. And I was just like, you know, it was like that, that moment. And I'm like, I could say, I think that's why Gary V we we brought him up sets for the jets because he's learned, uh, which I've had to learn. He learned that if he accomplishes his goal and it's not high enough, it's not far enough out there, then he gets lost too. And so setting, setting a goal of acquiring the jets is like so far out there that he's set himself up to just chase that for a very long time. Right. Absolutely. And I think if money is your only goal, you'll not go as far as somebody else who has other goals behind it. And, you know, you talked about being, not being greedy, right. But what if you're being greedy for good reasons in the sense of you're being greedy because today you have X employees and, you know, if you grow more, you can, you know, make a meaningful impact in your team's life, right? That, and, and, you know, more people that can grow and more opportunities within your companies to grow and more charity you can give and, you know, uh, yeah, providing a better life for your family and kids and like, you know, not, you know, greedy, not necessarily just for the purpose of, you know, hoarding money per se, but hoarding money, you know, being uh, growth oriented for the purpose of, you know, being able to do more good with money in a number of ways. Again, you know, if our companies, let's say, you know, let's say we were both in a position to retire tomorrow. I don't think we would do that. But if you were, well, you have a lot of people that also rely on you for their uh, employment, right? Like there's just certain things through and, you know, what you were saying before is I think that business and being an entrepreneur is like a, it's kind of like personal growth disguised, you know, like in a business, right? Cause in order for you to grow your business, you have to grow yourself. You're, yeah. you're the vehicle. And in order for you to surround yourself with the kind of team that you're going to attract and the kind of customers you're going to attract, like, feel like, you know, what you are, what you attract kind of a thing, right? If you have a high growth, abundance mindset, you're going to attract people on your team like that. You're going to attract customers like that. Um, and so, yeah, it's, you know, entrepreneurship, I think is the greatest vehicle to be able to uh, do that because the only thing you're dealing with is problems and solving problems. Like, right. Like every day, your job, you make money by solving problems for other people essentially. And so you got to, face brick walls, you know, every week, uh, and figure out how to jump over them or get through them or run through them or whatever it is, uh, in order for you to grow. Right. And, you know, I think the reason businesses maybe plateau is, um, you know, maybe secretly, maybe the founders don't actually want to grow. Uh, they've gotten tired. Yeah. I definitely have gotten tired where it's like, look, that self-work, especially if you have a long way to go, right? speaking for myself, like I have had a long way to go to get to where I am 
even now, uh, you know, different people start at different levels uh, of like self-growth and self-awareness and all those kinds of things, right, when it comes to business. Um, but it can get tiring. I remember that one of the first times I like I reached this one of those goals, like, a you know, kind of benchmark I had set, I got there. I realized like how much I didn't know, how like, you know, what else there was out there to, to keep going. And I just remember being so overwhelmed. It felt so overwhelming to just be like, holy shit, I've got here. Uh, I have so far to go. Like, and I'm tired. I was already tired then, you know, in a way, just like, because if you're doing the deep work, if you're doing the stuff to be a better leader, and I'm very competitive. So uh, the, the competitive drive in me has been what's like motivated me to do the work. Like, I'm like, look, the only reason we don't win as, as a company or whatever is it will be because of me. Like, if, if we're not successful, it will be because I didn't learn the skills or I didn't have them or I didn't attract the right that's, people. You know, or, that's leadership, you know, not putting blame on others, you know, for your for your problems necessarily. You know, like uh, I, I spoke to somebody recently who um, told me, you know, their best employee was the one where and their highest paid employee was the one where you know, there was a, a problem in, in the business and they said, you know, that, that was my fault. And the boss said, no, no, they're the ones. He's like, no, no, no. But if I would have communicated this and this better, they would have done a better job and, you know, took ownership of everything and rose and rose and became their highest paid best team member on their team because they consistently, instead of blaming team members or, or whatever, you know, they took the blame, took the accountability, the responsibility, um, you know, et cetera. And I, I heard another recent CEO of a, of a big company, like over hundred million dollar company say that their biggest strength in sort of not getting canceled or, you know, dealing with like certain issues today, and they have a lot of followers on social media, several hundred thousand is, you know, and they said, you know, they're, they have to think about self-composure in every area of their life. Um, so mom, and she said she was like on the carpool line picking up her kids and like a mom got out of the car and started yelling at all the other moms or whatever. And like part of her kind of wanted to go out and see what's going on and whatever. But she said because of her business and because of all the employees that rely on her, somebody films her like, hey, because she has a big following and, you know, somewhat known. Somebody films her and puts on social media like she's going to get canceled. And she yeah. said, you know, the, her biggest strength has been like self-composure. And that's kind of the biggest asset of a of a CEO, um, you know, to have that self-composure, that uh, taking a pause, not being like, you know, super instant reaction, anger, you know, yeah. uh, angry, whatever, all those all those characteristics that, you know, you kind of see on social media and you see how people can get, you know, canceled for um, you know, for having those, uh, those situations. And so, yeah, I think personal growth is, uh, most important thing you could do in your, uh, you know, you'll improve your PPC more by growing personally than just by following tactics, because if something's not right up there, you know, you're going to self-sabotage yourself basically. Uh, if, yep. you, if you're, you know, despite however much skill sets, are you going to hire the wrong people or you're going to hire the wrong agency or you're going to, you know, gonna fire the wrong agency you're gonna just you know make you can't see those things in yourself you're not gonna see them in partners you know yeah exactly exactly so you know uh super uh super important you know i think for people to really focus on to you know to, to be able to grow themselves and spend time with other people like that um you know over time i probably i'm sure it's happened to you for me certain people i used to spend time with i don't spend time with you know um because you know you want to the people you want to spend time with are people that are along the same lines and like at higher, higher places than you. And they're going to kind of pull you up. You know, like I have a few team members, on my team, um, we have, uh, you know, we compete with each other on like Apple watch, you know, like we share, we, we share fitness our, and stuff. Yeah. We share our data with each other on like Apple. Cause I mean, for me, it's accountability. I don't want to look like a loser. The only one that like didn't get anything in that day, you know, and that's people pull you up. Right. As opposed to, yeah. you know, uh, spending time with people like that. So I think it's, I think it's important. It's why I think also within the Amazon space and e-commerce and stuff, networking and finding those people in business is also, you know, super, super important, super, you know, super important. Like I, I'm looking to hire somebody right now to help with, help us with some like SEO work. And we spoke about it last night and somebody went over, you know, as I was just asking, he said, Oh yeah, I have somebody amazing. You know, pa, 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 and like that network is 
so important. Inva- uh, invaluable. Invaluable. You know, which is great reason to, you know, people say like, you know, what do you get out of events and going to all these things? But those are the little things that you get that, that don't happen necessarily in the speaker room with the talks that you may have heard of or that don't necessarily add value. But those conversations that you have with people when you bring up like where you need help, what your what your challenges are, they bring those kind of things up and you have a peer group you can kind of reach out to, um, you know, super super uh you know important uh you know somebody messaged me today do you know somebody that's got a great manufacturing for skincare whatever i'm like okay yeah i know this guy connect like like that's saved them hours and perhaps yeah you know thousands really yeah absolutely so those are like the you know connections that i think are like most important in business and uh and in life yeah i think um and i'm going to switch gears just a little bit in the in the back half of this but i think yep. you know i was i was raised as a missionary kid uh, I don't know what exactly your upbringing was, but like for us, reputation was everything as a preacher's right. kid. Like your dad is a minister, like you protect the family at all costs. Like, right. you know, it's like reputation management. And we talked about getting canceled and just like, um, you know, having self-control and self-discipline at, at all times. Um, as I've gotten to this stage in my business and my brand, it comes way more, way easier to me, really. Like I never thought of my dad as being like a business guy or an entrepreneur or teaching me those things, right? But when I look at really like how I was raised, and now it's funny, we're doing that for other people. We're doing that for their brands. That's what branding is. That's what a good brand is. Like um, brand management is reputation management. You know, you're making them appear a certain way, right. uh, engage with the audience a certain way, evoke a certain feeling. Um, you know, if, if I'm, uh, if you see me blow my top on somebody that cuts me off at an event or someone like, <laughs> right. you know, says something about me and I lose my cool, um, you might've just seen me in one moment or one instant. Right. But it's going to change the way you feel about. Yeah. And, and as someone that has a team of 30 plus, I now take it even to the next level where I'm like, look, every time I'm out on the town, I'm having a drink, I'm on a date, I'm, right. I'm visiting New York, I'm representing all of marknology not right. just my company because i'm the owner but right i take it very personally like i'm representing the people that choose to work here right like you know they're choosing to work here and if their boss is being a jerk or or an idiot or like you know um that's representative of them and how selfish of me to blow my top like that when i'm actually right. i'm speaking for all of them in a way you know right. and uh so I just, I mean, that's definitely not something that I used to be when I was my younger self. We were talking about aging, which yeah. kind of brought us on this tangent. Is that like, you know, it, it was just me. I wasn't the boss of anyone. Right. And, uh, you know, if I didn't care what you thought I was going to say, what I wanted to say, right. you know, uh, who cares who's who's listening? Um, <laughs> right. But, you know, that, I think of it now. It's not just Andrew. I, I am Marknology. And right. I am all the brands that choose to do business with me as well. Right. You know, and I'm representing all of them. And that's it's a lot of pressure, but um, I take a lot of pride in it as well. Um, you know, in regardless of the situation, trying to choose, you know, WWJD, so to speak, like, you know, what like what what's the right thing to do here? Right. Um, and almost ninety nine times, 99.5 times out of 100, it's it's uh, just choose the path of, right. of peace, you know, yeah, and you um, quickly think of what is that okay and then i got it <laughs> wwjd it's like okay i know what that is <laughs> yeah i didn't want to say what would drew do okay because i might pop pop a top but um you know i want to give a shout out again to our sponsor for today's episode letting us letting us chat like this and really share some of our stuff i love the entrepreneur talk we talk amazon we talk marketplace we'll talk ads um but it's really the mindset stuff it's the you are who you hang with. It's the, you know, having your focus and your goals, right? I think in 2023, the ultimate value and skill is focus and how focused can you be as often as possible? Um, that's the key. Like that, that really is the key. There's so many distractions. There's so many different things. Um, people, the news, politics, you know, the economy, um, technology, blah, 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 blah. Like there's so many distractions. I think focus um, is ultimately is the ultimate goal. And what do you focus on? You focus on being a better leader. You focus on being a better entrepreneur. You focus on being a better Amazon pro. Uh, Before I was ever a leader of anyone, I was focused on being an Amazon pro. Right. You know, so shout out to, uh, uh, fullscale.io um, finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult especially when you visit fullscale.io we can build a software team quickly and affordably use the fullscale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers testers and leaders are ready to join your team visit fullscale 
Io to learn more. So typically, you know, uh, Lyra, and we just kind of ran with this one and we've got about another 15 minutes here. So I want to jump into some ads, but yes. give the audience just like a couple minutes about kind of your path to being an Amazon pro. Um, as you call it what you will, you know, we get to self-title ourselves, but, um, you know, did you start out? Did you grow up in an entrepreneurial family? Did you like go to school for business? Like wh what was your path? Um, yeah. So, well, um, my dad had a small business growing up. Um, actually, my dad was my dad worked for a company. I, I was born in Israel. When I was six, my dad was sent from that company for a two-year stint to be in the U.S. And then was supposed to go back, but uh, my dad ended up buying a business, uh, and uh, we ended up staying in the U.S. for to get a green card and, and all that and, and, and citizenship. Um, but I would say my dad mostly kind of created a job for himself. He had an appliance repair business. Um, so, uh, I always felt like he could have grown it bigger, uh, hiring more, expanding to more areas, you know, but I don't think he wanted to do that. And I think he was kind of happy with what he was doing. Um, but my dad did have a small business. Um, I would say I had kind of entrepreneurship in me, even from being a kid, you know, selling candy in school and, and doing stuff like that. Um, when I was, um, out of college, I had an internship at Citicorp Investment Services, um, I became a uh, financial advisor, uh, which was kind of entrepreneurship because it was all commission-based uh, jobs. So it was like advising, sales, consulting. Um, when I was um, about 2010, I started an online life insurance agency. So I had a background in um, um, financial services and I was always learning like internet marketing and, and things like that. So I started an online insurance agency. Um, 2014, I saw a course about selling on Shopify, took that course, started doing that. Then I learned about Amazon, um, saw the potential. I sold, uh, start, started getting sales, outsourced my insurance business, uh, to somebody else. We split the commissions 50, 50. So I had money coming in and I was able to grow Amazon. And then eventually I sold them, sold them the, the websites and the, and the business, um, and started on Amazon with like kind of hustling. I, I started with retail arbitrage. I would go to stores buy stuff, shoes, Nike, Under Armour, like the products, send them into Amazon. Great way to learn it. Great way to learn it for anyone listening out there that yes. might not be a founder already or whatever. Um, I started with, uh, I went through a breakup, a uh, divorce actually, uh, to, to put it lightly. Um, and I wanted to like purge. And so this was like, I was already in e-com, but like I was doing web and just kind of like, you know, different things. And I just kind of went through my house and anything that had like a UPC code, I was like trying to clean house. I just wanted to like kind of start over. And I was like, so, you know, it was instead of going to like a thrift store or a, you know, a, a consignment store, things like that, finding wins, I was going through my house, finding stuff that could be, you know, I was, I was putting it into FBA and it would sit there, cost me nothing. I'm going to my day job and I'd have 50 items online or something and seeing them sell and just kind of seeing the process is a great way, I think, to learn, learn early on. Yeah. Yep. So I started like that. Then I got into wholesale and started going to like, you know, shows to buy branded products. Uh, then I got uh, into private label. Um, then I part, you know, what, what year was that? Like, give me a little private bit of a timeline. Like 2016. Uh, okay. Private label um, in 20. Uh, at the end of 2017, uh, Andy Slamins, who has an audience and a course, asked me to partner with him on his course. And I did that. And that's kind of how I started to help sellers. Um, I saw the, I saw the opportunity to, to help sellers with their advertising in 2018. It was starting to get complex, uh, was starting to get um, also required. Amazon was kind of prioritizing advertising, prioritizing more placements. You couldn't, you know, in the past, you didn't have to run ads. You would just launch products, get reviews and, ex you know, give away free product for reviews. Like, you know, all these strategies you can't do anymore. Uh, and started to get required. And so I started kind of helping sellers, you know, while um, running my brand, uh, two brands that were seven figure brands. Um, by the summer of 2019, I'd hired a few people to work with me. Um, and at the end of 2019, um, I sold a brand to a competitor and started to put all my focus on, on the agency side. Um, the, over the years, you know, 2018 and 2019, I was probably traveling and going to events and, you know, 100 plus days out of the year, 100, 150 days out of the year. I formed a lot of relationships, uh, added value, 
I answered every single, you know, DM and message or whatever, whether 150 days out of the year, that's wild. 100 days, like 2018, 2019, I was in China, you know, several times, I think, I think four times in 2019, spoke at an Alibaba conference there. I took people to Canton, uh, just a lot of traveling, but I made a lot of, a lot of relationships. And so when I started on, and, you know, always trying to help people. Um, and when I started the agency, I had already a lot of credibility and built in trust. Um, and that's, I think, a big factor in why we're able to grow quickly. At the same time, because I had those relationships, I knew people in the space that I brought on to the agency uh, to work or, or partner. My CEO today, Brian, was originally in the private label course. He had a wholesale, very successful wholesale business. He, he's now a partner and, you know, COO. So I also made a lot of great relationships with people I was able to bring in to, to you know, take it just from like me to a, a really great team um, that, you know, today I can't say the success of the agency is just me. It's it's, it's like the, the team um, being able to attract great people and develop systems and processes. And, you know, uh, I, I said this to Brian, who's my COO, that, you know, my brands were seven figure brands. And that's, I think, because... Uh, the, the reason that I did, they didn't get to eight figures is because my talents are on the visionary side, you know, product development, um, marketing. Um, but I, what I would say I could have been better, I think, at operations and logistics and finance and, and some of those things. And I tell Brian that, you know, if I had him when I had my brand, no doubt in my mind, it would have gone to eight figures. And, and that's, I think, part of the, the secret sauce is that we have this great, he's the you know, on EOS terms, he's the implementer on the, on the visionary. Um, you know, he's great at, you know, putting systems in place so that we can execute on something well. Uh, I'm yeah. great at, you know, ideation, relationships, the networking part of the business, uh, content, you know, marketing ideas. Um, and, it, and it works really well. So, you know, I think attracting the right people uh, is super important for your growth. I, I think especially in Amazon, because there's so many different aspects to an Amazon business from, you know, developing product, design, you know, logistics, sourcing, finance, marketing, um, you know, um, compliance, like so, so many things that really, you know, you can get to seven figures on your own, but if you want to get from seven or low seven figures to higher seven figures, close to eight figures, I think then it's more so a different skill set that you need to acquire, which is you know, to be able to bring in the right people, uh, to really help you, agree more. you know, do that. Um, and that was a, you know, a personal lesson for me with my brands. And also I, something I was able to witness on the agency side. And, um, you know, I know that, you know, it's much bigger than I could have made it sort of myself, uh, because, you know, everyone has their strengths and limitations. And, you know, it's funny because I see my CEO and I'm like, wow, he's amazing, you know, and like, I wish I had that kind of thing, but then I'm like, but then he sees me the same way. So I realized, you know, just like we all have our secret sauce, all have secret sauce. focus on what you're really good at and, you know, bring in the right people, surround yourself with the right people that um, are going to be better, better in, in, uh, in those areas than you. Actually, everybody should be better than you in a sense, if you're really good, you know, CEO. I think uh, very well said. And what a lot of people don't know is I work uh, hand in hand with my, my sisters. Um, and they were the first to kind of believe in what I was doing. You know, I'm in Kansas City. It's not New York. I think New York had a leg up in regards to kind of seeing the Amazon boom being there, uh, you know, in Jersey specifically with the docks and uh, being able to see stuff come in and just be there early. Right. Uh, the Midwest is is a bit removed. Um, but, you know, they moved from different parts of the country to come help me build build my thing. Marknology turns nine this year. Um but it was probably four years or so of doing the kind of the consulting thing, right? I, I was managing brands, but really like me plus two, right? And, um, but at the same time, you would never see Brooklyn uh, at the event last night in New York, right? She would, she would hate that. So, you know, she, right. she's an absolute genius. She's uh, the COO. She, she runs the ship, you know, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't be here without them. Uh, Veronica is the CMO, runs that. I'm the visionary. I like to trailblaze. 
the last couple of years, I've been really, we've been so busy that I haven't needed to do sales as much. Uh, you know, you get on a wait list or you know, you're cruising, you know, you're getting, you got great clients and, and you're just cruising. Uh, you're like, okay, what should I be working on as the boss? I can't overwhelm the team. Uh, we can only train and scale so fast. So I'm going to work on ops. I'm going to work on, you know, getting better internally. I hated it. I hated it. You know, we brought in a Scala. Uh, we've done a lot of different things, uh, you know, moved over to ClickUp. Um, you know, coaches, all that kind of stuff. And I know I needed to do it. I know it needed to be done, but I didn't like it. Like, you know, uh, I just realized, I would just realize, man, this is just like draining work for me. Why? Because I'm a visionary. I, I like to go, you know, I, I'm playing with TikTok. I, I uh, playing with it. We became a TikTok partner, right? right. I, I've wanted to go in there and get my hands dirty and um, bring something new into the company. I've also launched a warehouse. We're in year four, just moved. Uh, this month we moved buildings, two and a half times the size of what I had. Uh, it's, it's a business within a business to run a, to run a warehouse in a three PL, you know? So, um, these are the things that I'm like, I like going where no one's gone before. Uh, probably cause my dad would go to places in Africa that no one had been. And, uh, you know, I get that it's in the blood probably, but, um, but then also as siblings, we're super, super close. Um, I think we've also kind of grown, uh, this is a family environment dynamic, but like we've grown to kind of support each other, not even just in business, but as siblings, like uh, I'm this. So my sister is this. Right. right? And it's like a, a complimentary, uh, a complimentary of things. And so um, I, I love it. I, I, um, I, I couldn't have attracted a Brian early, you know, I don't think just based on like my trajectory and where I'm at and what I was getting exposed to. And so I'm so thankful for, um, you know, my sister's joining me in this right. journey. What, um, but then since then the team is now 35 plus, uh, and it continues to be like, you know, uh, I think my first speaking event was 2019 as well. Um, so around the same timeline, I feel like as well, I've told you, I thought I've known you forever, but we were like realizing, right. I think is, uh, shortly after the pandemic, uh, the first prosper probably. <laughs> Uh, it was a crazy event, if you remember it, just like people hadn't been together in a while. They had that prosper and it was like it was a crazy uh, prosper. Um, maybe the aggregators were, were coming to play that year. I can't remember. Oh, yes. But uh, yeah, it was a fun one. Um, OK, so we've got your background to where you are now. Let's take the, the, the next, you know, five minutes or so. And just talk to me about kind of the lay of the land with PPC. I don't think we have to get into like, oh, do this, do that. Not tactical, but more so uh, the importance of it, um, you know, what's changed in the last couple of years, like that, that people are having to see and, um, you know, how to manage it effectively, like from a high level. Yeah. Um, it's a great question. So the first thing is, you know, PBC could be your friend. It could be your, could be your enemy, you know, um, it's extremely helpful when you launch new products to take advantage of this, you know, honeymoon period with Amazon, be aggressive, utilize advertising, uh, to rank your products organically uh, with uh, with advertising. Uh, I think also the more granular you go in how you're setting things up, like the keyword research and your setup, I think is critical. Um, you know, if you have your campaigns and, you know, you've got hundreds of keywords in one campaign, if you're mixing your match types, if you don't have your high search volume keywords in their own campaigns, you know, if you're not segmenting, you don't have your setup right, you are not set up for maximum success. Um, you know, if you have a lot of your spend in auto campaigns, like these are, there are just some fundamental things, you know, you should have set up with your PPC to be able to set you up for success. And at the same time, the foundation of all of it is that you really need to focus on conversions. Okay. What does that mean? You know, PPC can kill you especially if you don't have great conversion rates, which means there is something going on with your listing that you need to change. And, you know, yeah. if, you, if you're not getting, you know, let's say, you know, under $100 products, you know, if you're not getting 10%, 20% conversion rates plus, then you need to lower your price, change your images, A plus content, all that uh, is really important. Uh, we also use tools like Datadive to help us understand the amount of SEO sort of juice, ranking juice you have in your listing versus your competitors, where you rank against those competitors, what is the opportunity, um, understanding like where you are in the market, what's happening. Um, another tool we use is Cobalt, which is 
a little bit more of an expensive tool. Uh, it's an enterprise tool. Um, we can afford it because, you know, we're using it for many clients. Um, but, you know, it's like a $25,000, $30,000 a year tool. Uh, it's very helpful. And Helium 10, I think, has a version of it where you could track like five products and maybe it's cheaper, you know, if you're tracking less products. But you need to understand what's happening between you and your competitors in terms of market share before you, you know, when, when, when you have a problem in the business, you need to zoom out. Most people will start with looking at their product. But you need to zoom out. You first need to go to the market. What's happening in the market? Where's search volume? What have been the trends? You know, you have so much of that data now with Product Opportunity Explorer to see what's happening 90 days, 180 days in the last year with search volume. What's happening in the niche? How many new competitors are there? Um, you need to understand your competitors and their market share. So, you know, let, let, let's pause here just for a yeah. second because you're saying you're saying a lot and it's really good. Uh, I want to add just a note that's like, why do you want to know these things, guys? Uh, for anyone listening that's 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 thinking of this in-house is like you want to know these things because as you're trying to troubleshoot maybe why things have changed or why something's not working um you can't just say well i'm running my ads aren't set up right or or my images aren't great or uh, my reviews aren't great these could all be things yes so you're, you're you're making like you know if you have imagine you have a spreadsheet and you're just like okay reviews match up good okay it wasn't bad reviews okay i feel like my content's really great Okay, I, I've used PicFu or I've, I've, you know, something it was working great before or, you know, um, and you're going down the line, you're like, okay, my competitors are spending, uh, look, there's 10 new competitors this year over last year in the same exact space, or, um, you know, just different things like that, that you're, you're creating this like kind of like list of, of we're having problems or, or not the success we wanted, or uh, it's a little bit less than what we projected. Why? And I think that's what it's coming down to is like, it's not just best guess. And it's not just to say, oh my God, uh, Chinese sellers are throwing so much PPC or the aggregators are throwing so much PPC. You're actually trying to be intelligent about it. And the more data you have, the better decisions you can yeah. make. You know, for like, and, and, you know, go both ways. If you think things are going well, like we had, we had a client that we looked at in the last year, they were up like 20%, but they actually lost some market share because the market did better than 20% in their niche. And you know, they were being essentially too conservative with their advertising, actually. Um, so, you know, when you're trying to evaluate what's going on, you want to go market, overall market, your more specific competitors, then your listings, your advertising, all, you know, and all those things. The biggest things we see, like when we audit accounts are um, people not going granular enough, not um, not segmenting enough in their, in their campaigns. I think that's huge. Let's like, I think that is like, if I was going to add something to what you're saying, I'm like the segment thing. And uh, if you're in a full service agency that can also do content for you, this is where things can get really fun because you can be doing custom creative on the headline ads. You can create these custom landing pages on the sponsored brand ads. You know, you're uh, you know, not every product in every category can be super granular or like super segmented. Uh, but a lot of them can. And there's usually something you can be doing to just get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I think if you are not the expert at it, it's worth having somebody audit your ads, look at things, or, you know, need to hire somebody great internally or look externally because advertising has gone, you know, very complex and it's only going to get more complex. Uh, one thing I'll touch on, things I'm excited about are the Amazon marketing cloud. Um, and just to break it down very simply for people, besides all different audiences that you can pull from it, because there's so much data, it's basically a big data room that has your entire customer journey. And so you will be able to understand if somebody buys a product from you today, you have a last click attribution and you see sponsor products attributed to the sale, but you don't know if they clicked on sponsor brands right before that. And that was part yeah. of the process. And that's kind of what the marketing cloud will show you, including the ability to create audiences and DSP of people who just added your product to cart, um, people who clicked, who added the item to wish list, like all these things that you can do before. And that's something you're going to start to see more and more. And what you will see is um, people less ROAS focused and more customer journey focused. Um, yes, which is, which is ultimately going to bridge the gap for everything else that happens off Amazon, because that's, that's already what's happening on a D2C site right. uh, or a sales funnel from a Facebook ad, et cetera. And so it's going to kind of just uh, bring Amazon up to speed in a lot of ways, in my opinion. Yes, uh, absolutely. 
Um, so I think we should do a part two. Uh, well, one hundred percent, guys. Uh, I, I've I've got him up. We've got a, ourselves up against time, but we were just really rocking in the beginning. And I think um, there's so much to advertising. One thing I will say, just to kind of close it out, is that like uh, you know, I've been doing this twelve years. Uh, PPC's been out since like 2015, so let's say eight years plus in PPC. Um, it is something that's so wide ranging in regards to strategy and tactics and um you know what your kpis are uh there's a million ways to skin a cat as they say like there's um so many ways and i don't think anyone's right i don't think there's a right or wrong when it comes to ppc there's a better than oftentimes right. there can be a better than or or get more juice out of it um but the only way to really know how to do it is to get in there and just obsess about it you have to obsess about it i think uh as as two people that have been on the speaking circuit for PPC, one thing I will say is that when you when you start educating other people, uh, you learn something in a whole different way. Um, you know, you're just I'm not trying to get up in front of a whole bunch of other Amazon pros and be saying stupid stuff. You know, so it, it you know it just pushes you to like learn about this stuff. So you don't sound ignorant or, uh, you know, you're not leading people. This is where you're managing other people's money if you're an agency. So it's something very important to my moral code of just being like good stewards of, of that money. Um, and so there's just I just want to say that there's not like everyone's looking for like, oh, what is the way to do it? And there isn't the way to do it. Right. It's, it's just um, it's understanding how these different products, if we want to call them ad products, how they can be useful for you. And, uh, you know, how to make the most of it and, and get the most juice and, and make sure your brand's getting the exposure at once. There isn't a, a recipe necessarily to say do it exactly like this. And I think that's one thing that gets me frustrated is when I hear, you know, speakers or, or software companies or whatever say this is the way to do it. Um, you know, that's not really the case. And as anyone that's been doing it a long time, you've seen it change so much. Um, so we'll definitely have to have a part two. I would love to get into kind of, uh, e even the DSP conversation and, yes. um, you know, qu questions around his marketing cloud only for DSP. Do you have to be doing DSP to really take advantage of these kinds of things? Um, so let's get it on the calendar, uh, hustlers, uh, bring Leon back in here. Um, and we'll give you guys another round of kind of like, uh, you know, some do's and don'ts. And I'd love to share some, some stories, some horror stories, some use cases of, uh, you know, real scenarios I've ran into, uh, you know, where, where the main keywords won't even convert for the product I'm selling. You know, there's all types of different things that have come up through the years that I think could be really helpful. Amazing. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, and I can kind of syndicate this on my podcast as well uh, so we can get it out there uh, and share what, you, what you're doing to, to the people listening to, to my podcast as well. Um, and uh, which is e-commerce mindset if you want to find it. Uh, and uh, yeah, looking forward to, to doing a, a part two and uh, getting more more into uh, the PPC side. Awesome. Thanks again, Hustlers. Thanks again to Full Scale. Um, they have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit fullscale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions, then let the platform match you up with fully vetted, high experienced team of software engineers, testers, and leaders. At Full Scale, they specialize in building long term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit fullscale.io. We'll see you next time, Hustlers. Thank you so much for your time. Liran, thanks again for being on the show. I'll have you back soon. Thank you. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.